Hello there, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to be part of our uh, podcast, but allowing us to come into your lives. We certainly hope and pray that you'll be edified and that God will receive the glory of this podcast. If you enjoy us, please like us and follow us uh, on your favorite podcast app. We're on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and in many other Spoofy. There's a lot out there. We're discovering more and more every day that uh, we're out there on quite a few podcasts. Some podcasts may have us listed as Deaf Preacher, D-E-A-F, and that's because I worked with the Deaf people and the culture for many years, and that was very re- rewarding for us to do so. So please tell others about us, and uh, make sure you subscribe so each week when we release our podcast, you can get a notification. Today, the podcast we're going to talk about, I saw a great white throne. This is going to be taken out of uh, the book of Revelation. And we're going to start in in Revelation chapter 20, starting with verse 11. And if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to read and follow along. Again, that was Revelation chapter 20, starting in verse 11. And John the Apostle, he writes, Then I saw a great white throne. And him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which was called the Book of Life. And the dead were judged from these things, which were written in the books, according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. You know, this scripture reading out of uh, Revelation here has to be uh, a very powerful and overwhelming uh, scripture reading. The love that is needed really to to talk about it, to preach about it, and do the podcast is probably really more than I really have inside of me. But I want to do my best. In a day today in which we live, uh, men preach many sermons on a peace and love and joy. But the problem is, there really is no peace. And sometimes a man of God is called upon, and it seems to be that he just ruins everyone's seemingly good time when he preaches on such a topic. I know there's been many places where I preached in the past that they really didn't want to hear uh, such sermons as one we're going to have today. You can't you can find it throughout the Bible, though, uh, where a preacher comes along and, and preaches words like, Stop. Stop it. Stop doing what you're doing, or stop doing the things uh, that are causing your problems. Don't say those kind of words anymore. Basically, stop and think about the end of your days and where you're heading. The truth of the matter is, none of us really want to hear that we could go to hell or God's going to punish us for our sins. 
But we really need to stop and think about what Christ is saying in his holy scriptures. Why is it that we seem to, to lean toward those things uh, that please the flesh? Why do we refuse to, to look up and see a train is really coming down the tracks? Oh, it might be a really slow-moving train, but however, it's a train. And the day where all of us will stand before God naked. I do not lose much sleep at night because uh, people don't have self-esteem. I don't lose sleep over people who can't keep up with the Joneses, uh, keep up with their neighbors. They want the things that they have. Men of God lose sleep at night over the reality is about your soul. A reality of what the human mind does not or cannot accept. The reality really is very real. The reality is there will be a judgment day. In our reading here in verse 11, uh, the scripture we read just a few moments ago, the word then. In the Greek, this actually means and. And John is trying to say here in the scriptures that we just read, uh, there's a point to everything. John has laid out a statement that God, once and for all, will put Satan, the evil one, down. And once and for all, God is going to put down all the evil works God is going to do this so he can cleanse his creation. So there will be a, a new creation. And John is stressing God is, is purging this creation so there can be a new heaven and a new earth. The great enemy has to be removed out of the picture. After God has put down the evil one, God then will turn to another enemy and that's man you and me See, before creation can be uh, brought in with this newness this holiness this righteousness there has to be a judgment and in that judgment most people will be swept away into hell for the sole purpose to make way for what God's plan was to do all along through Christ if you know the story about Ebenezer Scrooge, a very famous uh, Christmas story, if you recall, he's taken away out of this type of a out-of-body experience, we might say today. In this experience, he hears all kinds of bad things that were being said about him and very few friends at that that he had. Rather, you know, he, he just continuously hears them talk bad about him. And when he hears his name mentioned in the context of how horrible of a person he really was. Now, come with me to the day of judgment in, in the council of God. Where there is a great discussion taking place. You can hear as if you were a mouse in the corner of the room. That fly on the wall, some people might say. You hear God saying, Before we can bring in our new heaven and our new earth, 
we must rid the creation of the vile that has been contaminated by it so horribly. When you and I hear God saying these words, it really should cause you and me to tremble in fear. As, as you and I are in the corner, uh, shaking like a leaf or a scared dog of their own shadow, we have a little pup. She's always barking and scared of her own shadow. And then you, you hear your name. And it suddenly dawns on you, God is talking about you. Those names not found in the blood of Christ will be called. In our society, there's something that, that most people have never heard. But you must hear this because it is very terrible. You see, when John comes into this vision, he writes, I saw a great white throne. In the Greek text here, this throne is the focus of the verse. It is the centerpiece of the discussion. And one of the greatest needs for us as believers today is this, to see a throne. When we as believers see a throne, it tells us there is a God. The throne of God sends the message to the believer of there is a Redeemer. There is a God over our lives. And this throne is so great and so powerful that everything else disappears in comparison. We need to see a throne when we think about doing things our own way as well as when we are doing things God's way. You see, unbelievers hear this message and, and, and they also need to see a throne too. Not as a blessing or as a support, but rather as a very stern warning that you will one day stand before that throne. And one day you're going to stand before that throne and you will be judged. This throne in which God sits is a throne of sovereignty as well as one as judgment. The Apostle Paul would write in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for he was, what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. You and I, we really need to understand something here as well. There will be no exceptions. You, me, kings, rich, poor, all of us will have to appear before Christ. The Greek word here for judgment seat of Christ is actually the same Greek wording used in the gospel accounts when Christ stood before Pilate. Just as Christ once stood before a judgment throne, so shall everyone who has ever walked on this planet. Everything will be re reversed. Even in Pilate, he's going to have to stand before Christ and that judgment throne. How do you think Pilate will feel on that day? When Pilate used Christ as really a political tool with, with Herod and others as if Christ was a nobody. But now Pilate will stand before Christ. Some people might think, well, poor Pilate. 
Uh, no, folks. Poor you. Maybe you have done the same thing if you were in Pilate's shoes. But you know, so many people have heard the gospel message over and over again, but you have not placed yourself into Christ. Some may have just flatly rejected him, saying, oh, we could never accept all of those teachings. Or perhaps you think, well, I've done just enough so that Christ will save me. But do not deceive yourself in that thought process. We all really truly need to understand the way we view Jesus right now. You're judging him. The way you serve Christ, you're judging him. It's not just about not obeying. It also has to do with your views of Jesus himself. It is how we treat Christ in each moment of our life, of our day. We all need to understand the way we view Jesus. And that's very important. Again, in verse 11, this throne is a great throne. In the Greek, hear the word great. Uh, this word is where we get the word mega in the English language. This greatness is a footstool as well. Isaiah chapter 66 verse 1 says, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you will build for me, and what is the place of my rest? You see, no king in the history of the world has ruled the entire earth and been able to keep it. Rome, uh, the British, uh, they tried, but as we all know, they lost. Yes, the, the kingdoms were feared by their enemies, and they did not control the entire world. Yet this king, whom you and I will stand in front of, is so great, his throne is so big, that he can put his feet on this planet, thus showing us how great his power and his authority really is. Something else about this greatness of this throne is this. John comes into this vision and says, I saw a throne. And John is focused on this throne. This needs to be our focus as well today. We know from the scriptures and that there's worshiping going on in this throne room. And yet John keeps his focus on the throne. While mankind keeps his focus on himself, because we think we are so important to each other. We think much more highly of ourselves than we really have a right to do. And yet some people worship other men. They rally behind them. They get supporting and get behind them. Men who do this are not focused on the authority of Christ. When Christ finally and fully shows himself, all of mankind disappears. Those of us who struggle with pride will be done away with when we're in the presence of this mighty judgment throne. Something else that, that makes this throne is so great is due to the one who actually sits upon it. 
Revelation chapter 21, starting in, in verse 1. We're going to read 1 through 8. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and they were no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them. And they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning, crying, or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the springs of the waters of life without cost. He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But for the cowardly and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the immoral persons and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. You know, despite this bone-chilling thought, John does, he, he records for us for actual events that will happen on Judgment Day. These things are yet to happen, happen, but they are coming. And John paints this picture for us, a comforting picture, really, for those who are faithful in Christ until that Judgment Day. Christ is going to wipe away every tear, and there will be no more pain. There will be no more dying. There will be peace, and Christ will be among those who overcome. This should be the goal for everyone listening to the podcast today. There is more than just being a good person. You know, mankind, his definition of good and Christ's definition of good are not the one and the same. On Judgment Day, Scripture is clearly the only Christ definition that he will count on and use. Here in verse 8, John records a list of those souls who are not good. Those are the cowardly. Those maybe who are too afraid to stand up for the truth. Those who are afraid to stand up and defend those who are being wronged. Those who are afraid to accept the gospel when they knew they should obey the gospel call. Those who, who are unbelieving. Those who are, who are unbelieving in Christ can do all things. Those who simply do not believe in Christ at all. Those, are those who are unbelieving that the entire Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So many people today believe so many of the stories are just made up. 
so sad. And then those who are the abominable. Now John says, is saying here, those souls who were who are extremely unpleasant, those people who are so hateful, those who practice using vulgar uh, vulgar language, uh, swearing and cussing. Murderers really should be pretty much self-explanatory, I would think. And those who are immoral persons. Those who deliberately violate and accepted principles of right and wrong. Those who encourage prostitution, pornography. Those couples who have intimate relationships outside of their marriage. Before marriage even. And yes, even homosexuality. I know that's not real popular to say, but that's what the Bible teaches. Those who are sorcerers, uh, I don't know many of these in my area. I've been in parts of the country and the world where they, they're around. Uh, they use uh, the practice of using of charms or, or spells. Uh, so they do rituals to, to attempt to uh, produce a, a supernatural effect or or control uh, the events of nature. This would include horoscopes, astrology, superstitions, witchcraft, or any system claiming to use the knowledge of secret supernatural powers or agencies. We have a lot of that in our culture. Those who are idol worshiper. An idol is an image or any other material object regarded with blind, high regard, or devotion. It can be a figment of the mind or a fantasy. Idols are all around us, and we may not always easily identify them. Once, uh, since we don't cut out a, a block of wood and, and bow down before it. An idol is anything that's good that God has given to us, and we make it over God. We, we care more about those things than we do God. Idol worship, uh, you know, many people say, well, they're false gods. Well, yes, that's part of it, and that might be a good chunk of it, but I know many idols that are named Jesus. If we're not worshiping Jesus in spirit and in truth, by what he has commanded in the New Testament as Christians, uh, we're in danger. And then this last one that John gives us here on his list, all liars. Anyone who does not tell the truth is a liar, according to the dictionary. What about those who do not teach the whole truth of the gospel? Jesus would say to the Pharisees that their father I was the evil one, and he was the father of all lies. You know, that's why at the end of most podcasts, uh, I usually take a, I make it a statement of finding a, a congregation, a group of people who are practicing and teaching the entire Bible, the entire Word of God. Not just parts of it, not their favorite verses, but the entire Word of God. And I know many groups, they like to focus on certain books, certain chapters of certain books. And that's all they ever talk about. And that's great. Those are books of the Bible. Those are verses that need to be studied. But there's a whole lot more out there. And when Jesus says in John chapter 8, 
around verse 58, if my memory recalls me correctly, we will be judged by the words of Christ. You and I will not be judged by what other people might say or think. We will be judged by the word. And those in that scripture reading that we read earlier, and books were opened, I believe those books are the books of the Bible. Now, I could be very wrong on that. That's just my speculation for what it's worth. If any of these terms that we've talked about here, this list, if they really hit home in your life, I hope and pray that we all would stop, that we would repent, that we would ask God for cleansing and forgiveness. There is forgiveness and there is grace for all who seek it. If you've never known Christ in a personal way, you haven't sat down to, to study Him, to find a church, to, to obey the entire gospel, I would encourage you to start today so that all of us may walk in the light of Christ, that we may all obtain forgiveness of our sins and be with Christ when He makes all things new, to be able to stand before the great white throne with confidence knowing that we have done and obeyed the gospel, that we've allowed the Holy Spirit to direct our lives and to cleanse us with the blood of Christ and to look and know and trust in Him. Well, I hope that the podcast today has encouraged you to go search out the scriptures and study a little more, a little deeper. I hope that you will tell others about us in a, in a good way, in a positive way. We continue to get likes and followers, and we are so encouraged when we see this, and we see that as a blessing from God. If you'd like to help us in any way with our cause, you can go to our webpage as well. And there you can find a way of helping us keep the podcast going as the cost uh, goes up, it seems like, continually. Again, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Spoofy. Uh, there's many others uh, out there. They're your favorite podcast app. I would encourage you to like us and subscribe. And that way you can get a notification each time that we release a podcast. We try to release a podcast every Saturday evening between 5 and 7 Eastern Time. If you'd like to be added to our prayer list that's on our webpage or like to go view that, we only had one or two people request prayers. We're just kind of starting that. That you can contact us through the webpage as well. We'd be happy to put you on the prayer request uh, in your need that you want prayers for. We pray every day for the persecuted church around the world, and that is increasingly becoming more and more even in the United States, where true Christianity is frowned upon and looked down upon. And so we all need to pray that we can have the, the courage that Christ will give us the courage to stand up for what is right in His message. Again, please share us with your friends and family. And we continue to grow each day. And please uh, pray for us as we pray for you, our listeners. May God have the glory and may you be blessed. Mm -hmm.